Hi, this is Steve Nerlich from Cheap Astronomy, and this is Dear Cheap Astronomy, Episode 60, Bad Guys in Space. At this point in history, you might be forgiven for believing that space is reserved for heroines, heroes, and other hard-working geeks out to make the world a better place. But surely there's also going to be room up there for bad people to do bad things. For example, Dear Cheap Astronomy, Could a terrorist, or some other nutcase, take over the International Space Station? On the whole, terrorists aren't all that bright, though to be fair that is mostly due to lack of formal education rather than raw brain power. Financial backing by various nefarious interests has seen terrorists destabilise governments and industries and even fly planes into buildings, but that is mostly just about a few misguided folk being handed easy money so they can buy guns, explosives or flying lessons in order to kill or maim unarmed civilians. Terrorism really doesn't need that much in the way of strategic thinking, and the phrase terrorist mastermind is pretty much a contradiction of terms. So the idea that a group of terrorists could organise themselves into a crack team, able to calculate the launch and rendezvous parameters required to send a spacecraft to the ISS, is kind of laughable. And you can't just buy a spacecraft off the shelf. Nor can you launch it from any existing facilities without someone noticing. Of course, there are various Bond villain scenarios to consider, where you might build your own underground launch facility with a roof that opens and closes, Dr. No. Of course, you'd have to staff that facility, which means not only paying the staff, but since it's a remote location, you'd need teams of fly-in, fly-out shift workers, because even bad guys want a weekend off now and again. And if you're an equal opportunity employer... You'll also have to think about parental leave and mobility aids, and of course everyone will want a superannuation scheme. Remember that Simpsons episode? Of course you could staff the whole installation with terrorists, but remember, they're really not masterminds, most having never been to school, let alone university, so are they really the best people to be put in charge of a lot of highly expensive and highly explosive infrastructure? Some other Bond villain options are that you launch an ISS assault from your own space station, Moonraker, that no one knows about because it has a cloaking device. A cloaking device that was presumably operational throughout the entire construction process, and no one ever noticed that various bits of infrastructure were being shipped up into orbit and then disappearing. Alternatively, there's the miraculous plastic surgery option, Thunderball, where your terrorist ends up looking exactly like one of the astronauts and swaps places on launch day. Perhaps the most plausible scenario is another fairly standard movie story, where a real astronaut has some ideological beef with his or her employer, or his or her country, and so agrees to help out the bad guys. However, it is unlikely that an ideological beef would be a strong enough motive for any relatively stable and well-educated person to undertake a suicide mission, 
But perhaps that rogue astronaut could fly some bad guys on board or put some kind of remote control device on board that then allows the ISS to be taken over after he or she is left. But how likely is it that the astronaut flies back to Earth just as the ISS is taken over and no one ever puts two and two together? So it all looks a bit dubious. If we instead consider the possibility of some other nutcase, and here apologies and genuine respect to anyone who's dealing with a real mental illness. But it does turn out that NASA actually has documented detailed procedures for dealing with a psychotic or suicidal astronaut in space. Essentially, the astronaut's crewmates should bind his or her wrists and ankles with duct tape, then tie him or her down with a bungee cord, and inject him or her with tranquilizers as necessary. The instructions say, talk with the patient while they're being restrained. Explain what you're doing, and that you're using a restraint to ensure that he or her is safe. Of course, this would be a very stressful and morally conflicting intervention, but it is possible to manage it with sensitivity and with empathy. After all, these are real astronauts, who do have sensitivity and empathy, and who do work very effectively in teams, have plans in place for most eventualities, and are pretty much masterminds. This is the middle bit. So you probably gathered that I don't think much of terrorists. I'm sure one is quite capable of killing me, since that is what they do, kill unarmed civilians. And heck of an ambition. But anyhow, since there's no chance of these people physically taking over the ISS, what might be another option for them? Hi Chief Astronomers, it's time for another unsuccessful new microphone trial. Dear Cheap Astronomy, OK, maybe you can't physically take over the ISS, but what about a cyber attack? Firstly, I have no expertise in cyber anything, so feel free to hit the off switch now. If you are still with us, then yes, a cyber attack on the ISS is totally possible. Needless to say, NASA doesn't go out of its way to let people know how they might go about that, and there's no danger of anyone gleaning anything useful from my naive ramblings on the subject. I'm just going to list a few things on the public record. The ISS wasn't connected to the internet prior to 2010, but that didn't stop a computer virus and various malware items getting on board anyway via astronauts' laptops. And speaking of laptops, the theft of ground-based personnel's laptops around that same time saw a set of what are described as ISS command codes being shared on the internet. It is generally the case that the biggest holes in any cybersecurity strategy are your employees. And it's generally not because they're acting out of malice, they're just being normal people. Beyond that, there are various documented incidents of backyard hobbyists and alleged agents of foreign governments hacking into NASA systems. It's not that NASA is more vulnerable than anyone else. Indeed, the opposite is probably the case. But it is NASA, so there's a certain trophy status for whoever can get in, and some high-profile political damage can be caused 
by nefarious foreign governments. And overlaying any motivations of braggadocio or just vandalism, there is the possibility of stealing some highly lucrative intellectual property. And remember that NASA is not only a government agency, but also a civilian government agency, so it's kind of obliged to publicly report any cyber breaches that take place. Whereas, under the same circumstances, many military or private organisations probably wouldn't tell anyone. So the extent to which NASA is being publicly hacked probably represents how much everyone else is being privately hacked. Since 2010, though, the whole space economy and the internet have pretty much intermeshed with much of the content and functionality of the internet now dependent on satellites, and much of the functionality and operation of satellites is dependent on the internet, or at least on the internet of things. And there are always vulnerabilities in the system. Even in 2019, you can still steal employees' laptops and smartphones, and you can load all sorts of malware onto those devices with Wi-Fi. And despite best efforts, hackers are still finding ways to steal login passwords that get them past firewalls and encryption. In other words, it's still the case that employees are your weakest link. The risk of the ISS being taken over by cyber terrorists is a more realistic concern than terrorists actually getting aboard the ISS but the crew and mission control would still have opportunities to intervene and override any nefarious tinkering in networks and software. And there are also opportunities for regular upgrades of hardware and security protocols. And since the staff, that is the astronauts, never leave the office, they are not a major vulnerability. What is of more immediate concern to the space economy is all the uncrewed operational satellites up there, few of which are regularly monitored or upgraded, and hence they are a lot more vulnerable to being taken over without anyone noticing. So there is a real risk a private company or a country might lose a satellite and whatever function it served, and there's also some risk of a satellite being weaponized, either because it does have a weapon of some kind or it can be manoeuvred around to crash into something else. Of course, even with complete control, precision flying of a hijacked satellite would be no easy matter. Orbital navigation requires some pretty high-level math and physics, and most satellites only retain enough fuel for a few correction burns now and again. So, on the bright side, it's highly unlikely you could find a satellite with enough fuel to allow you to decelerate it down to the ISS's orbit, which is lower than the orbits of most commercial satellites. But if someone decides that they just want to create a lot of space junk higher up, then that could be a problem. This is the end bit. So, there you go. There's pretty much zero chance of a terrorist getting aboard the ISS, but there are lots of opportunities for vandalism either by taking down a space-going IT system, or perhaps even making some satellites crash into each other. Again, heck of an ambition, but here you're dealing with competing business interests, or competing governments, so there's likely to be a lot more money, 
and a bit more thinking behind it. But that's it for another episode of Dear Cheap Astronomy. If you've got a space science question, or you want to fire a whole barrage at us, why not write to cheapastro at gmail.com and we'll take a hit for you. Thanks for listening. Steve Nerlich, Cheap Astronomy.